This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, November 2nd. Brought to you by Rallo AgriFinance. Good morning, I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Cities defy drought. GOP blasts gas car ban. Black Sea shipping drama. And damage control on FTC case. Cities defy drought thanks to massive investments. Urban water districts are generally in decent shape despite the drought. That according to the Public Policy Institute of California, the PPIC. While cities have fallen short on Governor Newsom's call for 15% cutbacks, PPIC researchers point out in a new paper that the story is more complex than that. For one, Newsom declared the drought emergency in Southern California months after launching his conservation push. Cities, meanwhile, were already using 15% less water than in 2012 when the previous drought struck. Urban agencies also dedicated massive investments to diversifying their water sources, including more storage. Focusing only on the cumulative conservation level since July 2021, the researchers argue can give mistaken impression that urban water agencies are not prepared to manage this drought. Remember, Newsom has continued to fend off pressure from reporters to instate mandatory statewide cutbacks. He defended the regional approach to drought response again in the gubernatorial debate last week, arguing it was the biggest lesson gained from the last drought. House GOP blasts Newsom's sales ban on gas cars. California Republican delegation is urging Governor Newsom to reverse course on a regulation the Air Resources Board passed in August to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. The price of an electric vehicle is not a realistic option for many of my constituents in the Central Valley, said Representative David Valadeo, who faces a tight race for an increasingly blue district. In a letter to Newsom, the lawmakers argue the regulation, quote, strips away consumer choice, ignores market penetration, and imposes further economic hardship. They requested the administration consider alternative policies for reducing emissions that would not strain the energy grid. You can read the latest debate over banning diesel trucks in the AgriPulse West newsletter coming later this morning. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. When you work with Rambo AgriFinance, you get the global knowledge and financial strength of one of the world's largest and most innovative food and ag lenders, tools essential to realizing your aspirations. Discover how an unmatched network of local and sector experts can help you confront agriculture's challenges and seize the opportunities that lie ahead. Learn more and contact us at www.roboag.com. Creating value, connecting vision. Robo AgriFinance. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Syngenta reaches out to dealers on FTC case. Crop protection giant Syngenta is reaching out to its distributors and retailer customers to defend the company's key AI discount program now that's under scrutiny following the September 29th lawsuit filed by the Federal Trade Commission and 10 state attorneys general. 
The complaint, filed in U.S. District Court in the Middle District of North Carolina, accused Syngenta and Corteva of using loyalty programs with pesticide distributors to discourage generic competitors from the market. Vern Hawkins, president of Syngenta Crop Protection, says in a letter to distributors and retailers that Syngenta needed to defend the program because the FTC is making false claims about it. The FTC continued to engage in a misleading media campaign to influence public opinion. Among the many misstatements made, the FTC has attempted to link rising food prices of the past year to this program. This is preposterous, the letter says. Optional discount programs are standard in the crop protection industry and other industries and have been around for many decades. Hawkins says the discount program will remain active and available while the challenge is resolved. He is encouraging retailers to share the letter with customers. We are disappointed that the FTC has chosen to disregard the pro-competitive effects these discount programs provide to you, including greater choice and lower prices, the letter says. On the Thanksgiving menu, smaller, more expensive turkeys. That Thanksgiving turkey is likely to be smaller this year and more expensive, that due to the avian flu outbreak. I don't think you're going to have to worry about whether or not you can carve your turkey on Thanksgiving. It's going to be there, said Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack to reporters. It may be smaller, but it'll be there. According to CoBank, the retail price for whole turkey was hovered around 90 cents to a dollar a pound over the last decade. But the USDA's October 21st retail price report, it puts the price of frozen turkeys at a dollar 58 a pound. That's 47% more than this time last year, and it means a 20-pound bird would cost 31.50 this year. That's a $10 increase. Holly pathogenic avian influenza ripped through turkey farms across the country this year and has caused the depopulation of more than 8 million birds. As a result, the average slaughter weight has dropped about a pound, according to CoBank. By the way, Secretary Vilsack also announced $223 million in grants and loans to expand meat processing capacity in the country. Farmers stay optimistic on land values. Farmers remain bullish on farmland prices despite their concerns about the overall farm economy. Measures of farmers' short-term and long-term views of farmland values both rose in October. Strength in both indices comes on the heels of reports from farmland auctions around the Corn Belt that land values are setting new record highs again this fall. That according to Purdue University CME Group's report on farmer sentiment in October. But it is noteworthy that farmers now see inflation, not investor demand, as the main driver of rising land values. UN negotiates with Russia as Odessa grain trade stops. The inspections of ships hauling grain out of Odessa ports will stop today as United Nations officials scrambling to try to convince Russia to resume participation in the Black Sea Grain Initiative. A U.N. spokesman said yesterday the stop to inspections was planned to last just one day. But he also said it wasn't clear when inspections would resume. There's already a large queue of ships lined up to leave the Black Sea with Ukrainian grain other ships heading to Odessa, or they're loading at those ports now. 
Russia suspended its participation in the initiative Saturday after it said its ships were attacked by Ukraine in the Black Sea. We are at the moment very actively engaged with Russia's joint cooperation candor members on the issue to bring them back into full participation as soon as possible. That according to UN Undersecretary for General, uh, Undersecretary General for Human, Humanitarian Affairs, Martin Griffiths. Now for more on the Black Sea situation, plus a look at the impact rural areas would have on the midterm elections, you can read our weekly AgriPulse newsletter. Finally, here's today's She Said It. Kelly is hoping he can buy votes from his constituents on the back of the Salton Sea. That's Betty Miller, editor-in-chief of the Desert Review, and an op-ed blasting Arizona Senator Mark Kelly for attempting to trade restoration funding for Colorado River water. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, November 2nd. Brought to you by Rabo AgriFinance. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.